everyone, and welcome to our second episode of Paradox Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. Um, Dustin and I are really excited to be back today. I am uh, Dr. Danielle LaPointe, and my co-host is Dr. Dustin Smith. Um, and we are really looking forward to getting athletic directors' uh, stories out there so people know that they are not alone when they have crazy things happen to them after hours and um, during the day. And Dustin, go go ahead and introduce our next guest. Yeah, man, I, I'm honored. Uh, I said this last week when we talked to uh, who has since been done, and I can't take the credit for it. I'll let Mark tell that story. But um, mm-hmm. when we talked to Becky, I was all excited about just being in, in her presence and knowing who Becky is. Well, Mark and I got to know each other through presentations. We're actually faculty together for 719. So we are national faculty. So I got to I got to meet Mark actually in person in Denver at the National AD Conference. Uh, but we've exchanged um, emails and text messages throughout um, a, a brief time. And so I, I've gotten to know Mark and I'm excited because I call Mark one of the podfathers. He is <laughs> created this AD podcast space. He was one of the first to get in on it. I say one of the first. They were the first. Uh, the off-duty ADs, if you'll go back and you can research that, and Mark may talk about that a little bit. But Mark really doesn't need any introduction because of the legend that he is because of that <laughs> podcast. But then we talk about his involvement um, at the national level and then just how I've gotten to bounce ideas off of him. So I'm excited that we get to have Dr. Mark Rarick here, and we call it Paradox, but I don't know what we call three of us together. Um, I don't know what that would be, but it's Dr. Mark Rarick. Um, and so what I want to do to begin with, Mark, I want to uh, first say thank you for being on the podcast, but I also want to talk to you about kind of what we asked Becky last week. Tell us what the resume is not going to tell us. Tell us about who Mark is aside from an athletic director at Grand, For- Grand Forks, North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, definitely will. I, I, I do have to uh, comment on Becky right away, though, the, the story that Dustin's referring to. Um, when Dustin's texting me back and forth about uh, being on this podcast, I, I happened to be at a game, and, and uh, so I said, "Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to the first episode of of Paradox and kind of hear what this is all about." And um, I got about midway through that and had to send Dustin a text, and I said, "I I can't believe you're gonna make me follow through Sox Moran. Like there's <laughs> there's absolutely nothing that I'm going to say over the next X minutes that's going to top what uh, what Becky shared with you." So. Um, yeah, the, the quick background to me, I, I guess, um, you know, when I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm in public education and, and I mean, that's really been my entire life. Um, I have a, I have a twin brother. Uh, my, my twin brother and I were born a month after my parents took their first uh, teaching jobs. My dad coached. My dad coached football, basketball, track and field, coached baseball in the summer. So he was he was year round. And, you know, we grew up right in the middle of hunting country. And I, I've never been hunting because our, our life is 365 days of sports has been forever. Um, you know, right through high school, I was I was fortunate enough to play multiple sports in college. Um, fresh from the factory, got my first teaching and coaching job. Um, became uh, became an AD at that spot, and have bounced around a little bit in athletics ever since. So, I mean, there there literally hasn't been a year of my life where you know the entire year wasn't occupied by sports. And um, I'm fortunate enough that I like sports. 
I'm fortunate enough that I like learning. Uh, I believe very strongly in public education and, and you know, being in a job where all of those things come together has, has worked really well for me. And so here I am over many years later and, and still passionate about learning and, and, you know, still looking for new ways to, to do the job and enjoying watching kids compete. So, Mark, as we, as we talk about where you're at in Grand Forks, North Dakota, and for those that are geographically challenged, that's not an international school. That is in the, <laughs> the, the constitutional 50 states of the United States. Uh, would you kind of just give a background, kind of a, well, a ge geography lesson, I guess, of where Grand uh, Forks is and just kind of what weather is like for you right now? Yeah, we're we're pretty close to an international school. Um, so uh, the, the, what what I like to tell people if if uh, if you open up your web browser of choice and you type in coldest U.S. cities, uh, Grand Forks is usually third on that list. One <laughs> one and two are going to be uh, Anchorage and Fairbanks. And uh, number three is going to be Grand Forks. Um, and, and so that's where I live. So um, Dustin and Danielle asked me when I hopped on here what the temperature was. And I think it was a, a half a half joking uh, comment just to see what it was. But we, we do happen to be on the tail end of a blizzard that rolled through yesterday. So we've got a cold front coming through. Um, so as I looked at my weather app, when I got to work this morning, our air temp is 15 below right now. We're, we're running a wind chill of about 35 below. Um, that's going to be our high for the day. The, the temps will keep dropping uh, throughout the day. By, by tonight, we'll be looking at an air temp of about 20 to 25 below with wind chills, more like 50 to 60 below. So uh, that's not sustained. It usually sticks around for a day or two. Um, we do, uh, you know, every January we'll go through a period here where, you know, there's about a four five, six day stretch where we don't see zero. Um, those, uh, those weeks get a little bit long. Um, and, uh, that's, that's not all of North Dakota. We're, we're a little worse than most. We're in the way Northeast corner of the state. Um, so I said almost international. We're about an hour from the Canadian border. Um, and, and in terms of uh, in, in terms of the contiguous United States, we are we are really close to the northernmost point. Um, there's that little nub on the top of Minnesota that that has us beat. Um, but other than that, we're about as far north as it gets. So um, it, it's cold here. <laughs> you know, we 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 do have our moments in the summer, though. You know, we'll go through stretches in July where we're going to be between 90 to 100 and, and rock at 90 percent humidity um, again in, in short stretches. Um, so what we all look forward to, we all look forward to the one week of spring and the one week of fall that we get um, in between our, our summers and winters. So what you're telling me is when you say you don't see zero, that's not a low temperature. You're talking about that's a high temperature. You don't see zero. Correct. Yeah, we yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be below zero. Um, like I said, usually for usually about a week every January where uh, where we don't get it. And, and you know, what's really fun on those days is uh, a lot of times the warm fronts then will will come through at night. And so there's there are times where our highest temp of the day hits at midnight. Um, you know, where, where it just warms up through nights or whatever. So we, uh, we have a very counterproductive weather here um, in the winter. You want cloud cover because the cloud cover is what keeps the heat um, in close to the land. So our coldest days are the ones where there isn't a cloud in the sky. So um, you, you, go, you go through this two-month stretch where you don't really want to see the sun because seeing the sun means it's going to be 20 plus degrees colder than, <laughs> than usual. Um, so it's, uh, it, it takes some getting used to. Well, tapping into Three Fox Moran, I'm gonna—I'm just guessing. In 
in December, January, February, there's probably not a lot of streaker stories up there in South Dakota or North Dakota. Yeah, you don't see them. Uh, October football, you're you're not going to see a streaker here in, in October football. So maybe maybe in September, but uh, certainly not late in the season. <laughs> well, being in, you know in Florida, I can't even fathom these temperatures that you that you're speaking of. But um, so is it safe to guess that you guys do not have any winter sports that are outdoors? Uh, no, no, no. We, uh, we barely have spring sports that are outdoors. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, depending on the year, and this is going to be an ugly one. We've got, we've got a lot of snowfall right now. Um, and, and so, I mean, jokingly, the, the ADs in our conference, when, when we make our schedule, uh, we try to stay fairly light. Most of our spring sports start in early April. Um, but we put those games on paper with the assumption that we're going to end up moving them again later. And so, you know, we, uh, we'll try to be light in early April and then we try to be light in late May because we, we just know we're going to need those dates for reschedules too. And, um, and it's, uh, spring is interesting. We kind of set the threshold of 40 degrees, um, as, as being, you know, when it's warm enough for us to play. Um, and, and there are times that we get to 40 degrees before the snowfall is gone. Um, you know, there's times where the snowfall slowly goes away and we don't hit 40. Um, but, but we all kind of laugh because on, you know, on April 2, on April 3, if it's 40 degrees, you know, oh, we haven't hit the threshold. We're not playing yet. Um, but there's years where come early May, we're still talking 40. And, and then it's like, oh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be close to 40. So we're playing because <laughs> we're running out of dates. Uh, so it's spring. Springs can get interesting here. And if you That's follow Mark at all on Twitter, I just want to know how many times have you rescheduled a rescheduled game? I uh, actually just did a lot of that yesterday. Um, the blizzard that rolled through yesterday, I think, um, I have to look at my total. I think I had to move 24 games. And of those 24, probably half of them were games that had been rescheduled from January. So um, it's it's the other running joke among North Dakota ADs. And, and not just North Dakota. I mean, a lot of the upper Midwest. But, uh, you know, we canceled school for the blizzard yesterday, um, which means everybody gets the day off except the ad and so the ad is gonna we're all gonna donate you know six plus hours of work to our school districts yesterday to to get games moved around as quickly as we can so yeah that happens a lot um and then uh you know because i run two high schools um it, it's the the game load for all of those so um yeah we cancel school and the first thing i do is start spreading calendars out on the kitchen table because it's, it's time to go to work that that cannot be easy to reschedule rescheduled games. That just yeah. So kudos to you for being able to do that for for your athletes and your coaches because that is not that is you know if we have a hurricane roll through and we're closed for a week or so. You think that's bad, but then hearing you and what you're saying that doesn't seem so bad anymore. Um, uh, but yeah, that. Well yeah and our reschedule you know we're dealing with the distance and i know that's something that's that's uh, foreign to a lot of ad's the, the distance between our schools um you know we have and we're actually a little closer here but you know i've got conference schools that are a two-hour drive away um uh, the school i was in prior to this one our closest conference school was an hour and a half drive that was our closest one our farthest one was a five-hour drive um, and so, you know, in terms of managing weather, that's that's part of our difficulty here. You know, we all have a, a no school equals no activities rule here. And so if, if school is canceled for weather, you know, we're just done in the afternoon. Well, you might be in school, but your opponent has canceled, you know, whether it's a, a home or away game. 
Um, and, and so you have, you know, you have to battle that. And, and then when you are in school, even that's a, a chore because, you know, there's times where my kids are getting on a bus at noon, you know, noon or one o'clock and they're not going to get home till midnight. And so, you know, by 11 in the morning, we have to guess what the travel conditions are going to be, you know, 10 hours from then. And um, it's, uh, I, I've always said, being an AD in the upper Midwest, whether or not to put kids on a bus is by far the most stressful part of this job. Um, I would, I would rather talk to an angry parent every day than, than make a lot of those decisions because it's it is tough you know trying to decide if you're going to take a game away from 40 kids or if you're going to risk putting them on a bus when you don't know what what coming home looks like so there's a lot that goes into it well and on top of that then if you you make your decision and then you know the wind blows a different direction and all of a sudden your decision could have been the other one then you feel bad and that's a burden that i feel like all ADs have experienced what's the right call and when do you make it and then you know you can you can be wrong it's a 50 50 shot so it's not an easy thing to do yeah well you're never going to be right i mean because because the half of the parents and the half of the folks that agree with you aren't going to say anything it's right it's it's the people who are pretty sure you're an idiot those are the ones you're going to hear from and (laughs) and and they're going to come up no matter what so i mean that's there's a little benefit in knowing no matter what decision you make is the wrong decision uh, you know, so somebody's going to let you know about it. So then it's then it's just deferring to, you know, coaches and kids and bus drivers and and whatever else. So uh, yeah, it's I, I don't enjoy that part of it. You know, especially when we get to this part of the season when things have been rescheduled and the calendar's getting tight and you know moving yesterday's games. We're getting to the point where we're you know playing four games a week and a lot of sports because we're we're just running out of dates. Um, you know, this is our last week of regular season wrestling tournaments are next week. Um, and then it's, uh, it's a steady stream of tournaments here on out. So we're just, we're just running out of days. So we're kind of hoping yesterday was our last blizzard. I'm, I'm hoping we're done with that now. And, and this ain't even the stories we're trying to talk about. I mean, these are just <laughs> real life of what you're dealing with every day, but I know the point of what we're trying to do is just tell stories. And just be able to tell some fun, some fun stories, some stories that we can just laugh at and say, you can't really make this stuff up. This really happened, and this is what it looked like. So uh, we talked a little bit before we, we got on here about some of your, your stories, and I know with your years of experience, you've got several stories. But is there a story or two that just stick out to you that you say, man, this is, this is an all-time great, and this is one that I just I look back on and think, that's a really great story, and that's something I wasn't trained for. Yeah, you know, I, I do have one that I tell often, um, you know, when I'm teaching or presenting, and I and I still haven't decided. Um, Dustin, you've probably heard me say this, but I, I still don't know if this was my finest moment as an AD or my worst moment as an AD. Um, it, it's one of those two. I don't think it lands in the middle anywhere. It's on one of those two extremes. Well, you can't be right. You can't make everybody happy, right? You're never going to be 100% right. 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 Um, but I'm I, excited I, for this story. You guys have built this up. Like, I'm excited <laughs> for it. Um, so, you know, real quick background. Uh, hockey is king in Grand Forks. Um, if, if uh, you know, any anybody knows anything about college hockey, we're the home of the University of North Dakota. Um, and so we, uh, we, we are a hockey hotbed. Um, that trickles down into our youth programs. You know, we typically get about 120 kids per age group that start hockey um, and, and they work through that funnel. Uh, my high school teams, you know, we'll cut in the neighborhood of 20 kids a year um, to, to keep us at that 40 to 44 for JV varsity. So ho- hockey is a, a really, really big thing here. 
Um, so our uh, the, the location of the Ed Center in town, and my office is on the, the way south edge of town. Um, so there, there isn't a whole lot of anything else around here. Across the street, one way, there's a, a softball complex. So certainly that's not getting used in the summer. Um, and then just down the road a little bit, it's one of our middle schools. So by, by the middle of the day, it's, it's quiet on this end of town. So you know you're in trouble when uh, all of a sudden a, a hockey parent comes walking into your office and says, well, I just happened to be in the, in the area, I just happened to be in the neighborhood. And I said, well, <laughs> never a good sign. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't know about that, but uh, let's see what you got. Um, so he had a, uh, he had a junior son. Um, and his junior son, five four, 120 pounds, dripping wet. I mean, he was he was not a, a large kid. Um, he was he was small. Um, great second baseman, and that's probably the most unfortunate part about this is he was a, he was a really really good second baseman for us. Um, it, you know, had he put his efforts into baseball, he, he would have been a college baseball player. Uh, but loves hockey like everybody else around here. And so dad comes into my office and, and dad's complaint is uh, that he's on the JV as a junior. And, and not only is he on the JV as a junior, the, the coach is making him practice with the JV and, and has had the audacity to, to invite him to varsity practices also. And, uh, you know, so I explain, you know, our, our, our coach recognizes some of the positive attributes of, of your kid. That's why he's getting invited to varsity practices. And I get three hours of ice time a night is a lot, a lot of ice. But, you know, if he if he wants to work with the varsity team, it's additional time to skate and get to know the kids. And, um, and oh, man, this dad just he just goes off and he is chirping the coach, you know, oh, my, my coach is an idiot and doesn't know what's going on. And, and, you know, my kid is, has been in the program and has been, a, you know, he was an A squirt and he was an A bantam. And I mean, all, you know, just on and on and on. And, and I mean, this, this just kept going and, and it was, you know, he's a really good student in the classroom and he's a really hard worker and, and, you know, he's a great teammate. And, I agreed with him along the way. It's like, yep, everything I know about him. I mean, I'm looking at his grades in the computer. looks good. Um, you know, I know that he's involved in this organization. This story, it all looks great. And um, anyway, this, this dad's in my office for 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And he's to the point where he's in his face. is just bright red. Um, and, and I, I, I should have started with, I mean, dad's not a large man either. I mean, dad is, dad's probably tops out about five, six, his wife's even smaller than he is. Um, and, uh, in any way he's, he's just hollering at me and I'm, I'm agreeing with him. He's a great worker. He's a great teammate. He's a great student. He's all that. And so finally this dad pounding his fist on the, on the desk looks across at me and he says, wow, you're so smart then Mr. Athletic Director. You tell me what does my kid need to do to get a college hockey scholarship? And I just very calmly looked at him and I said, he needs to have more athletic parents. <laughs> Nah. How did that go over? <laughs> well, it was the end of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, did I, you just I walk out? I don't recall exactly. I know there was a profanity that followed. I, I don't recall exactly what he said, but that was the end of it. He uh, he he stood up and he walked out, and um, it, yeah, he just went stomping out. And and uh, my secretary, when you leave my office, you got to walk by my secretary's desk, and and of course she had heard him yelling for you know the better part of the thirty minutes, and then saw him stomp out of here, and she came in eyes just wide, She's like what just happened? <laughs> it's like I. Pretty sure I just told him he sucks at sports. 
<laughs> so let me ask this question. <laughs> well, maybe two questions. One, is that like the original mic drop? Like, when did that happen? Like, did that prior to all the Barack Obama dropping the mic, all that stuff, or is this more recent? Oh, uh, that would have been, that was in my early years in Grand Forks. That would have been sometime around 2013, 2014, um, somewhere, somewhere around there. So it would have been, would have been post Obama. But I, I tell you what, it's, it's situations like that where I start to think about the layout of my office, um, you know, because, uh, and, and the office was redesigned by, by, I think my predecessor, I think, um, um, before me is the one who designed it. So, but I have an L shaped desk that faces the door. So when I'm sitting at my desk, I'm, I'm pinned into my office. Um, the, the guest chairs are right by the door um, also. And so, you know, there, there isn't much of an opportunity if I want to just leave with somebody in my office, it's, that's a tough thing to do. And, um, and it's, you know, it was in those times where you start to think about the layout of the office. It's like, ah, I'm stuck in here with this guy as long as he wants me to be stuck in here. So it this, was probably fortunate that he just swore and left. This, this extremely unathletic parent that you were caught in the room with, maybe, maybe not intimidating at that point, but <laughs> down the road, maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, well, that's just it, you know, and it's, and then it's like, well, how, you know, what do I want the headline of the newspaper to read? Because, uh, you know, if, if he stands in front of me, I'm going to have to physically remove him at, at some point, And I'm not sure I want to do that either. So, so getting the leave was all right. You said that he was a junior. So that means that you still have like a year and a half of possible run-in with this family. How did that go? Is there, was there any other like awkwardness or was it like, no, there was really the, wasn't. Was he in the was he in the weight room? Did you see him in there sneaking in there sometimes, Dad? <laughs> no, and, and you know, again, there's a little bit of a benefit to my job in in you know I'm a building level AD, but I'm not in the buildings. Um, and then because I oversee two high schools, it, it's a fairly limited number of games that I can get to. So, um, and then I you know I do some of that AD trick too, where you know I I know every door and every corner I can stand in, where I, you know if I if I don't want to be bothered, I know exactly how to get into a building and watch a game from an area where I won't be bothered. Um, and I, I can't, honestly, I can't remember if his kid played hockey as a senior or not. Um, but uh, I, I know he did play baseball. He continued playing baseball. And baseball is one of our facilities here where it's, it's really easy for me to get to a spot where I can be seen, but it's really tough to approach me. And so, you know, in terms of accidental run-ins with the parent, it just, it wasn't a concern. Um, you know, I, I had, I saw him um, at some games, some baseball games from time to time. And actually I, I still ump a lot and I don't ump for high school teams, but in the summer, and um, I even umped one of our, our Legion games, I think that, that summer. And uh, so I was, I was behind the plate umping with the dad sitting behind me uh, for a game. He didn't say anything there either. Um, but uh, no, so I, I managed to avoid future confrontation with him. So at what point did this thought come into your head? Was it early on in the conversation or did it just happen at that moment when you said, or you didn't think through it, you just reacted and responded? You know, it, it's it's one of those that, that kind of built up throughout because, you know, he, I mean, I, I when I tell the story, I make it sound like it's a, you know, a cold comment out of nowhere. But I mean, that was some of the things that had come up along the way where, you know, he was asking, why isn't my kid, you know, playing varsity? Why isn't my kid playing varsity? And, and I can tell 
tell him like, look, I'm a, I'm a basketball guy, first of all. So I'm in no position to assess your kid's hockey ability, but I do know that, you know, the last two kids that we've sent to, to college for hockey, to division one college for hockey, were both over six feet tall and in over 180 pounds. I mean, you know, he's like, Oh, my kid's fast. My kid's fast. Yeah. He's great. He's great on his skates, but he's going to get killed if he skates against, you know, division one guys. And so, so we'd had a little bit of that along the way where, you know, I had just said, you know, he's got some physical limitations to, to college sports. And, um, and I don't remember, you know, exactly what, uh, what I had said along the way, but, but I mean, that had, that had come up that he's, he's just small, uh, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot he could do about that, but the comment itself, it was one of those where it's just there, <laughs> right? Like, uh, whatever part of your brain does the blurting just kind of took over for a second there. And, and, uh, it, it was just out. And so it wasn't even until it was done and I was talking to my secretary, I thought, boy, that was, that was kind of funny actually. <laughs> when you think about just to that point, what gets you? I mean, you you listen, and we all deal with mad parents, and they will all question coaches, or they'll bring up Julie jump shot isn't making the shots that my daughter is, or whatever it may be, and so they just continue to chirp, 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 and at some point, you want the meeting to end, and you're trying to figure out how this meeting is going to end, and not have the resolution that they probably want. To be honest with you, uh, and so. At some point, did you have to say, you know, this has drug on far too long. We need to just try to abruptly end this deal or just rip the Band-Aid off and say, here it is. Reality is what it is. You know, and, and I hadn't. And that was it was part of the thing. You know, I would deal with it a lot differently now um, in my 10th year in Grand Forks than I would have then. And, and a lot of it was um, because I had come through small schools. Um, and, and Dustin, I know you know what this is like. You know, you, when you come through a small school as an AD, there's there's only so much you can do where you, you know, kind of shove people out. I mean, you're, you know, to, to some extent, you're you're beholden to them all the time because you you're not going to be able to avoid them and you have to be friendly and you have to be approachable and you have to be all those things. And, um, and because, you know, prior to Grand Forks, I had spent six years in, in smaller schools where I was all those things. So I was really used to, you know, with parent meetings, just talking until the parent talked themselves out and whether that was, you know, 15 minutes or an hour or, or longer, um, you know, I just, one of my core values is perseverance, right? So it's like, I'm, I'm just here and I'm going to let it ride. Um, now, in a, again, I think being in a larger district helps. Um, I, you know, there's a couple of things I would do differently with him now. First of all, you know, drop-ins to the office don't happen anymore. Um, you know, and, and that's for anybody. I, I do the same thing, even with, you know, cold calls from salesmen. But when, uh, when our receptionist up front says, hey, so-and-so is here to see you, if it's not a planned meeting, it's don't tell them I'm busy um, and let's get them on the, on the calendar. Um, the other thing that I do, and, and I know this is a trick a lot of ADs use, but um, I'll start meetings by telling them when the end is. You know, I'll say, hey, I've, I've got a phone call coming in at 10 o'clock or I've got another meeting, you know, that I've got to get to in a different building. And, and it doesn't even matter if that's true or not. Right. But you 
but you create that end time. So I would deal with it differently. So, you know, that was, that was part of the, the difficulty in this situation was I hadn't created an out for myself. I, I you know, was prepared to do what I had always done and I'll just let this parent run himself out. And he just didn't. Um, and, and it got to the point where it was the, it was the same things. I mean, you guys know how it is, right? It's the same comments coming back, you know, a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time. And it's like, you know, this guy's going to keep saying the same things. And, You're just going um, in a circle, constantly right, right. going in a circle. Yeah. And cause you're not, yeah. cause, the, cause the parents aren't getting the feedback that they want. They yeah. have a very direct result they're looking for. And, and like Dustin said, it's not something that you're going to, you're going to give to them. So it becomes a very difficult conversation. I've only been at like larger schools, um, both of the schools that I were 80 that were 2,300 kids plus. So <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've thought these things and I've never blurted it out at a parent. So uh, that's a little bit of a hero there because I <laughs> <laughs> never had the actual courage to say it, even though I've thought it. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Some of those tricks you're talking about are really important, um, especially for maybe new ADs to know you don't want to get yourself in a situation you can't get out of, kind of set yeah. yourself up for a worst case scenario. And maybe the meeting goes a lot better than you anticipated and you don't need to use that incoming phone call or or, or something along those lines. But it's really important to have that in, in case you do need it because you are going to have some crazy parents sometimes. Yeah, well, and, and trying to, you know, trying to control that lack of comment. And I, I think about it, I don't remember the entire situation, but my my first uh, AD job was in a, a small school, um, a town of 1500. Um, our K-12 enrollment was about 400, um, something like that. So, you know, we're running 40 kids per grade, something like that. I mean, it was, it was a small, small town. And um, I had a parent who was mad about something and, and had stopped me about it. And I I don't remember what I said, but I said something that was kind of snarky, kind of sarcastic, um, real chippy. Um, and, and it, you know, I mean, of course, part of the issue was I was a 30-year-old AD at the time, 28 or whatever I was. Um, and I, I, you know, they said that and then they left. And, of course, my blood's boiling. And, and I, I mean, I stopped at the grocery store on the way home just basically to grab milk. And that parent was in line in front of me at the grocery store. And, and that was the clue was like, I, I, you know, and I should have known that. I mean, I grew up in a town of a thousand people, right? I mean, I, I grew up in a town where, you know, my dad, he couldn't go anywhere without people giving him advice. I should have known better. Um, but that's when you realize like, oh man, I, you've, you've got to figure out something. So little insulation in the bigger community, you know, Danielle, I mean, that's right. I mean, I, I can say things and, and the odds of me at least immediately bumping into that parent are pretty slim well you you mentioned one of your core values is perseverance and you don't get perseverance one minute at a time you know you got to build into that so it took some time obviously for you to and and if it went on for the better part of 30 minutes of pretty one-sided hey this is what i think and telling my story i i would say you lived up to your core value of persevering through that conversation uh, masochism might, might've been a better core value at that point. I think he, uh, uh, he, he was giving it to me pretty good. And I, and he didn't, uh, I, I think part of it was just, you know, just incredulous that there was an athletic director in Grand Forks who knew nothing about hockey, um, which, which is actually kind of funny because the AD before me was, uh, was Todd Olson, uh, who just finished as the NIAAA president, who's also a basketball guy, right? I mean, so, so Grand Forks, which is, you know, one of the you know, hockey craziest places in, in America, 
has now suffered through 17 years of athletic directors who know nothing about hockey. Perseverance. Right. Maybe that's right. their core value too. That could be. That could be. They just deal with us. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a, that's a, that's a very intriguing story to me because, they, you know, the amount of parents that you come through, that come through that, that want to speak to the 80s and, and want to hear their side of it. Um, it can get tricky sometimes. It's not, it's not a fun position to be in, especially when you sometimes are completely blindsided. You don't know what the parent wants or what the issue is because you are not the one who's out on the field or the ice with them um, every single day. And you kind of have to navigate that. Um, not the easiest thing because you don't need to be the one who knows everything about hockey. You need your hockey coach to be the expert in hockey. Yeah. 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 And it's always easier, I think, when parents start by saying, you know, I just want you to know this isn't about playing time. Right. Because as soon as a parent says that, you know, all right, we're going to get the playing time right sooner or later. This is about playing time. Um, and so it, for me, it's always easier when they start with that line. Um, you know, I, I had a phone call with a parent earlier this year and, and kind of what you're talking about. I, I went into that conversation loaded for bear um you know i was i was 100 percent certain that this was going to turn into one of those fights um and it just it absolutely wasn't <laughs> parent was great i mean parent was great parent had some legit concerns had some legit questions had some things i needed to to follow up on but i mean i was i was so certain that that this was going to end up with me probably hanging up on a parent or something right because i was just certain that this is what's going to happen um, and it was the absence of that line where I thought, oh, I'd better back down because, you know, I was waiting for, you know, I just want you to know, you know, this isn't about playing time. Um, and it didn't start that way. Um, and so I'm like, all right, I guess I'll, <laughs> I'll give him a couple minutes here to say something. And um, so you have to be so careful. I mean, you know, there's, there's times where the nicest parent in the world where you think things are going to be fine or the one who unloads on you. Um, and then there's other times where the ones you don't expect it are, are actually the most pleasant, forgiving and, and understanding ones to talk to, you know, and we don't see those very often in our profession, but man, it's fun to run into a parent who says, you know, I don't like dealing. I, I don't want to deal with what you deal with. I can't imagine what your day looks like. I don't want to make your day worse, but I think you should know this. Right. And then just lays it out and then says, you know, I like the ones who say, you know what, you know, what, what, when I ask, what would you like me to do with this? You know, what, what would you like the next step to be, you know, and I always like the ones who are like, you know, that that's up to you to decide. I just wanted you to know, you know, I just wanted you to have this information. I'm not looking for any action beyond whatever. And we just don't run into them often enough. Right. I mean, too often it's a, it's a five foot six, 240 pound dad banging his fist on my desk. In the, in the middle of a Wednesday afternoon. Well, and isn't it isn't it that in in our, in our profession that sometimes we get so geared up thinking a conversation is going to go one certain way, and then it doesn't. And so maybe we're stressed to that point, and we worry ourselves worrying about that conversation that ends up not even happening. Yep. It ends up being totally opposite of what that is. And I think that's a takeaway from any conversation that we have as athletic administrators is that. Sometimes we expect the worst and it's not what happens. Yep. Yep. Well, it gets reinforced so often, right? I mean, because there's so many times where you go into a conversation thinking, you know, what's going to happen. And then that's exactly what happens, right? When you, when you go into it, assuming that some parents going to yell at you about playing time and then they do, right. Or you go into it, you know, assuming that some parent is going to you know, complain about whatever. And that's exactly what happens. And, and, I think I think that's the issues that happens so often that you know we we just we don't give the benefit of the doubt to to every parent. Um, you know we we just we assume that 
you know, we know what all 10 conversations are about. Really, we only know nine of them. <laughs> it's, it's that 10th one that catches us off guard. Yeah, you got to be optimistic. You know, you go into the conversation. I think it's so important to just listen. Listen, like, what are they? Let them just talk and get everything out and, and, and listen. And sometimes you got to pull a mark. <laughs> sometimes you don't have to. But, but yeah, and then, I mean, the other takeaway that I think is great from what you said and um, the sneaky AD exit and enter. That's amazing. That is such good <laughs> information um, to, ha- to have the sneaky way in and out and not have to get you know, cornered at that concession stand area or over here somewhere. So that is that is a great thing to, to have on your radar. If your campus allows that, some facilities are not so uh, conducive to that, but that's well, also a great. And thing. especially getting getting in and out of the facilities, I actually tell that to brand new ads when they're when they're going to new buildings, new places, and I tell them that you know when you're doing an initial walkthrough of your new building to to familiarize yourself with it, um, you know, because you're always going to look for you know oh where are the locker rooms, you know where where's the officials room, you know where do I store things? Like you're going to look for those big things. So, but I always take a peek for you know where there's a, a spot off the beaten path where you can park, you know if there's a a back door, a side door that, that you can get into, um, you know, where you're not wandering through the, the masses to get in or out, um, you know, you give yourself a, a place to be. And, um, and then kind of the same thing when you start watching games, you know, you're, you're going to have a spot, you know, you know, unless you have a, a game day duty and a spot to be, you know, spend your first couple of home games checking to see where folks sit and see if there is a corner of a gym you can get to see if there is a, you know, a spot where you've got easy entrance, easy access, um, where you can be visible, right? Make sure people can see you, um, but that it takes a little bit of an effort to, to get to you. And, and then you can be strategic about when you do your walkthroughs. Right, because you you don't want to be completely inaccessible, but I mean you can you can be strategic about when you're walking through crowds, and you know you can you can choose the time when your basketball team's up forty, right? And now it's like okay, well now I'll go grab some popcorn. Now I now I don't <laughs> mind wandering through parents, but uh, but just to to have um, you know those little spots in mind and, and try to get that figured out right away. Well, I think you, you talk about facilities, Mark, but I think also it's important to think about the layout of your office that you had to rethink through yeah. of yeah. if this situation happens and God forbid it goes south, you know, what that really right. looks like and how you can escape, for lack of a better term, or how you can get out of that situation without having to be physical, without having to, I mean, some some of these things you need to think through any AD, not just a new AD, but any AD needs to just reevaluate kind of how they're set up. And in case something goes, uh, a meeting goes south, because sometimes they will, what that looks like for you and how to, yep. how to be able to get out of that. Yeah. You know, and I, and I know one of the, one of the tricks in my office isn't big enough for this, but one of the tricks is just to have a separate little meeting table in your office if possible and, and keep that by the door. Um, and, and have that set up in a way where if needed, you can just walk away from that table. Cause you know, a lot of times the way desks are set up, um, you know, a lot of the time you're, you're facing the door of your office. And so you are stuck behind your desk. And so um, meetings at desks can get tough. And so, yeah, for, for me, it's tough. Um, you know, my, I have a, I have a smallish office that's about half desk and there's no way to move it around. It's all attached to something. Um, so, so for me, the exit has really been, you know, giving an endpoint to that meeting and just letting them know, you know, look at, at 10 o'clock, I have to be, you know, in a different conference room or, or whatever that is. So, so then when you're, you know, when you're 
verbally ending the conversation or when it gets to the point where you have to stand up and start walking out, it's not a surprise and it's not an act of aggression. Um, it's, it's an act of, I, I told you I need to be somewhere and now I'm on my way out. And um, there, there have been times in my office actually where um, <laughs> I've, I've made up meetings in buildings, right? Where I've told somebody, you know, Hey, I need to, I need to be up at central high school at, at 10 o'clock. Um, so, you know, we have about 30 minutes and there have been times where a parent has finished talking while I'm putting my, my jacket on <laughs> in my office, right? I mean, I am putting the jacket on and I'm grabbing my keys and, and we are going to make a short walk together down the hallway and then he's going to go to the visitor's lot and I'm going to go <laughs> to the employee lot. But, but I, you create that endpoint, And so that's what I've done now is, you know, at some point I'm still going to have to leave the office and I'm going to have to walk past a parent, but by creating that endpoint now, it's not an aggressive leave. It's not me. It's not me leaving because I'm cornered. It's not me leaving because I'm mad. Um, it's me leaving because, like I told you, I just I have to leave at this point. Or it's the period in the sentence where you say your parents, you you as parents are not athletic, and that's the kid's problem. <laughs> That'll do it. Too. Or you can do that. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and the, and the nice part about a line like that is, uh, you know, for me anyway, um, you know, I'm, I'm about six, three and, and I'm, I'm way under my college playing weight, but I am still fairly close to 200 pounds. So if, if, uh, if I'm using that line to a parent, there's a chance that I'm bigger than that parent is. Right. So I still, <laughs> I still have a little bit of that going for me. Right. But, uh, but you're not going to use that line on the dad who's six, six, two sixty, and, and, uh, you know, played, played football d1 so that'd be bad so call, good, bad call. <laughs> <laughs> know your limitations yeah. <laughs> well i definitely appreciate you coming on and sharing that story um yeah i'm like still baffled that you said it to be quite honest um, so that is that is a a great tid bit and i um you know, Dustin, you can say some things, but I, I don't want to forget to thank our sponsor, Ticket Spigot, for making this present, uh, this podcast possible. Um, so huge shout out to them. And if you need any digital tickets, they are the way to go. Um, but yeah, that was, <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about that over and over. And I'm going to be also thinking about how many times I should have used that line. Like I can already account like three times where I'm like, that would have fit perfect there. I should have used it. So I don't know if it would have ended as well for me, but, um, well, but yeah, well, there's, no, there's a lot of spots. Um, I, I, I have to uh, appreciate your ticket spigot plug there. Um, you know, Ticket Spigot was our our big sponsor when we started the off duty ads. So, and I'll uh, I'll I'll still hit you guys up if if we decide to to uh, revisit our podcast to to get Ticket Spigot in there. But um, I just you know, as I saw the logo on your screens when we when we got on, the last thing I did before I I came in and jump on with you guys was just walk through our athletic department mailbox and and we had a Ticket Spigot check sitting in there for you know for the last quarter's ticket sales or whatever. So it's been a good platform for us too. Well, that, that's why he's a pod father when he can reel, reel that back mm -hmm. in and say, "Hey, we're going to thank the sponsors, and here's a real mm -hmm. live application for that." So we're going to uh, save. Yeah, we're going to save that one. You know, <laughs> Mark, I appreciate you just uh, the the mentorship, the the willingness to <clears throat> to visit, to share your ideas, and and to laugh at my um, sarcasm, my joke sometimes, my talking about. In full disclosure, Mark and I talk about what summer's like for me as opposed to him. And, um, you know, we, we talk about the weather to begin with, but Mark would 
we were going back and forth about the weather and I said that the trade-off we get is we have mosquitoes that you can saddle here or that they can carry you off um, and maybe have a human swat instead of we having a fly swat. Um, and so Mark and I have been able to to share some laughs just via text or via email. Uh, and, and I think that's important in this process. And I think that's why it's important for people like Mark to get on this podcast, for people to understand it's a lonely spot sometimes, especially lonely on your campus, because nobody understands what you're doing. But for us to have this platform to be able to share ideas with people and to share guests with people. And, and I know Mark well enough to know that if you want to reach out to Mark, Mark's receptive to that. And he'll learn with you. He'll teach you. He'll mentor you. He'll embrace you, but he'll also be real, uh, just like the conversation that we had with his parent or we heard with his parent today. Um, so, Mark, I appreciate you. Nobody wants to follow the legend, and nobody wants to follow the original one, obviously, with Becky Moran. And she sucks, Moran. But you did a phenomenal <laughs> job, and I appreciate you taking the chance on it. Oh, no, I, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I do, you know, I kind of want to double down on what you just said, Dustin, because I, I, I think, you know, for, for newer ADs and ADs that are new to the profession, I think it becomes easy, you know, especially at national conferences where you see people who are involved in committees, um, you know, whether, Dustin, it's you and I teaching the class or presenting, you know, or, you know, I see this on the publications committee, um, you know, Becky, who's, who's going to be our new president. It's, it's so easy to, to see those people and, and, you know, to, to just view them from afar. And, and I, I think what you said should resonate with all new ADs. Like we're all approachable. Um, we, we all started somewhere, you know, Becky and I served, I, I forget which one it was, the third strategic plan or fourth strategic plan about eight years ago. I mean, Becky and I were on that together. That was when I met her. Um, and at that time, I mean, both of us had been forwarded to that strategic planning committee from our state associations because we were nobodies who wanted to put some time in, you know, wanted to put some time into the profession. And and we connected with some of the people who are the big names right in the association. And, and you learn, you know, how down to earth they are and how willing everybody is to help. And um, so I, I, I would just tell that to everybody. I mean, whenever you see, you know, whether it's, it's uh, you know, Dr. Smith is doing his presenting or, or me or Becky or Daryl, you know, you mentioned Daryl earlier. I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, we'll all help you out. I mean, it's it, it's the profession that we're in. And, you know, we we need we need to have colleagues from Arkansas and from Florida who help us out because there isn't anybody else in Grand Forks doing this with me. Um, so it's uh, it's always a quick phone call, email to get help from any one of us. Well, and it's great to just. Yes, yes, yes. And it's great to just know, like, it doesn't make a difference, you know, speaking to 80s from all different states all over the country. It's great to know, like, the same things are happening. You know, and the, the, it's not you, it's not your school, it's not your parents or your coaches. It's it's everywhere. It's the same um, type of thing that we're going to. And there's no reason, like I said, to go through it alone. You, just because you're the only one on campus who does what you do doesn't mean you're the only one that has to to kind of power through it and figure it out on your own because people have been there before. So, so yeah, I think it's great that you guys are, you know, you're sharing your stories and I hope people get um, a laugh out of it, but also, you know, get some ideas and, and outside the box thinking going on to to try to improve their everyday situations as ADs. 
Absolutely. I think what you guys are doing are great. It's great. I mean, I think this is the part that has been relatively untouched, right? ADs love talking and we love telling stories and um, we've all got something we can share that was a misstep or a mistake or something that was funny along the way. Um, And and again, I mean, I think setting the bar with three socks, Moran, is going to make it difficult for the rest of us. (laughs) uh, Hopefully, hopefully some guests along the way, I'll get you something. Yeah. Awesome. And thank Yeah, Mark, I was just going to say thank you again, and thank you to Ticket Spigot, obviously, for sponsoring this deal. And, 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 and we look forward to just introducing people to other ADs and introducing people to the stories that we're all dealing with. Uh, Mark did a great job of just kind of being real with us, and that's, that's the goal of this whole podcast is that we're real. We tell the real stories of what really happened, uh, and, and I appreciate your honesty, Mark. I appreciate your willingness to jump on and take a chance on two people that are new in this pod world. Um, and as, as the old grizzly veteran, you can look back and say, Hey, we can mentor you through this process as well, but we appreciate you joining us on this episode and we look forward to having more episodes coming at you pretty soon. All right. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me on.